Hi, um, welcome to season three of our podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and I'm joined by Tom Spitali and Sean Wellham. Hello, hey, everybody. Hey. Hi. Guys. So, um, so this season is the marketing casebook, and uh, it came as a result of, of people asking us, you know, about recent companies and what they were seeing and asking, how does that translate back to my business and what I should might, might be thinking about, you know, that either I want to, to emulate or I want to avoid. So um, we're, we're trying to figure that out with you. Um, there's very interesting cases. Um, Sean, what is this episode called? Tonight's episode is episode three, the case of the symbiotic competitor. <laughs> Keep going, Sean. What does this mean? Okay, so um, symbiosis, literally living together, is uh, is a biological term, right? So you you have, I mean, famously, I guess people know the the clownfish, which is now known to a generation of kids as the the Nemo fish, living amongst sea enemies that don't sting it to death because they get a mutual benefit. It's that kind of thing in biology. And, and I want to talk about it in, in terms of competitors, because we traditionally think that businesses either have direct or indirect competitors, people that they're competing for the, the, the dollars from that's going out of the consumer's pocket, and complementers, people that you can work with. And we've often talked about milk on breakfast cereal or, or peanuts and beer, which is my particular favorite. Uh, favorite compliment, not not favorite breakfast. I should be clear. <laughs> but, Are you sure? But they, uh, so so this is a whole new category of of a, of a of a competitor. But you found some symbiosis, some mutual benefit where you can um, each benefit to some extent without cooperating necessarily and without directly competing and finding those overlaps. And the case that made us think of this that we all talked about was was the case of Coles, the big department store chain across in the US, which um, I guess it's its arch enemy, like most retailers would be Amazon. And yet they had an interesting strategic move, Mary, which you raised, right? Yeah. Well, you know what I love about this is we're watching how the online business is taking over the traditional, you know, big box, if you will, like Kohl's. And you can imagine being around that table at Kohl's going, oh no, they're looking at the charts and all of their performances are going down. And, you know, it's just one of those oh no moments um, or several moments where you have to get creative. And to see where Kohl's actually then, as you said, found something that they could complement one of their biggest competitors and say, let's see what we can do. And so they, in uh, September of 2017, they announced that 82 of their stores from Los Angeles to Chicago were going to take um, and offer free convenient returns for the Amazon customers. And um, they would pack and ship eligible Amazon returns for free and, you know, additional services to, to really make sure that there was some convenience because that was the one piece that Amazon doesn't have yet. You know, they don't have a uh, well, they don't have many of the stores you can go into and actually do that. So they figure that out. And obviously, when you get somebody into your store, they return something. Hopefully, they buy something more. And uh, voila, you know, we're seeing two years later that this uh, symbiotic uh, competition actually really uh, complement what they were doing. And they were able to grow their business. I think um, we had looked at 8% growth in stores that actually had taken this on and their sales are starting to increase. 
Sean, what, do, what else kind of makes this interesting for you? Well, you know what? I, I looked into it because obviously you you raised it as, as the case that, that this is this is how these podcasts happen. One of us says, "I've got an idea." I just read this, and we look into it. And when I looked into this, Mary, what I found was was fascinating was um, somebody did an article about what it's like to return an Amazon product through Coles, and they went through the process. And one of the things that they got as part of the transaction was a twenty five percent off gift voucher or discount voucher for the Coles store. So they were recognizing that this person probably isn't a normal Coles customer. They've probably only come in to return an Amazon. And by definition, they're an Amazon customer. Um, so what a great bit of targeted marketing that given that this person has self-identified as a competitor's customer, let's give them a 25% discount voucher to encourage them to buy something from the store and maybe start that habit. Which, of course, does beg the question then, what is it? That Amazon get out of it. What do you guys think? I mean, I can see why Coles might see this as a bit of a Trojan horse, you know, to get people in the store, to get them where you could reach them with a discount. But what, what do you think Amazon? Because to me, it has to work. It has to be truly symbiotic. It has to be benefits on both sides, right? Yeah, I don't see what Amazon gets out of it. To be completely honest, um, there there must be some some value proposition, some some benefit that they see. You have to expect that if it continues to be incredibly successful, like it has it, Amazon's gonna gonna close the door <laughs> on this type of, of, of relationship. I, I can't see why they would they would they would continue on if it works really really well. Well, I guess one of the things I, I thought of Tom when you said that is 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 we all buy stuff off Amazon um, and. Very rarely do you have to return stuff because you, you you're pretty much buying specifically for what what you what you need more, less speculatively. But if you do need to return something, it can be quite um, a pain, I suppose. And I don't know the numbers. I'm sure Amazon aren't going to share them with us. But maybe just the fact that the return policy is simplified and is it like a drop off return policy? Just print your label, drop it off, job done. Maybe that will translate into you know, more speculative purchases from Amazon because, you know, it's easier to return. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think well, I have two thoughts. One is segmentation always comes up. And I think this is another classic example of there is a segment of customers that, you know, it isn't easy to return. You know, my son, he would have no problem. He figures out how to do all that and, you know, he can return his packages easily. But my father... He wants to physically go down and bring it to somebody, talk to him for half an hour, why the cooker didn't work, and you know, <laughs> and then um, feel that he physically has handed it to a live person and that the transaction's done. Very different segments. So I think, you know, possibly that might be one of them is, is that there is a group that is dissatisfied. Um, and then I think, Sean, to answer your question about what Amazon gets out of it, I think that they are phenomenal at learning. Um, we see it not only with Amazon, but with Google and other successful digital companies when they're going into new markets, how better to learn everything about a business than to partner with them. And, um, you know, who knows? Sometimes, you know, it'll go longer and other times everyone learns what they need to learn and they uh, and they move on with their business models. So I think I think that they're in learning mode. <laughs> but myself. I think, Mary, that suggests that the ultimate end game of, of the learning mode is to is to cut it off at some point when they've learned enough. And I think that any company that is going into um, this 
this symbiotic type of relationship has to understand the long-term play. I think what Coles is trying to do right now, hopefully, is establish a relationship with many customers maybe they didn't have a relationship before, with before, maybe to you know, grow the relationship with people that they already had uh, a past history with so that when the time comes where Amazon says, okay, we're going to stop doing this, this is done, they have, um, I, I guess, built enough customer equity that the whole thing made sense for them. I guess the reason this also makes the headlines is because it's so uncommon, because traditionally you compete against competitors, the, the clues in the name. And the idea of, of having, because I think you've made the argument, you know, we, we don't actually know what Amazon's strategic thinking is here, but you know, we've had everything from, is this the, uh, you know, they're letting the fox into the hen house. Is, is, this, is this a short-term gain for long-term yet more pain? But if we take away from this specific case and just think more generally, you know, I think it's it's something that will become more common because in as, as competition gets more intense and choices get broader, the idea that that you could find this symbiotic competitor relationship where you could you could sort of help each other, not to the detriment of competition or to the customers, because clearly that would be illegal, but find a way of of um, of understanding where where there are areas that 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 are available to enhance both offers and improve the customer's lot in totality. Yeah. I mean, it's a dangerous game, but it, it you know, maybe that's where we should be looking. How's this? It, it, is, it is certainly an innovative way to look at uh, building a value proposition. I think what happens, what we see with the B two B clients that we work with, as they kind of analyze their market and and assess their ability to win. There's a couple of things that happen. They kind of look at, you know, where they're falling short uh, on customer needs versus competitors. And they say, well, there's some areas that we can and will fix, but there's some areas that we really just don't have the critical capabilities to Im improve on. And so they, they tend to consider their options there to either ignore that critical capability and focus on segments that don't care about it or acquire a company as typically a smaller company that has that ability and update their value proposition that way. I think what we're introducing here is a new option, right? Is to ask, at least ask yourself the question, if there is a bigger competitor or a formidable competitor at least, that is better than us at a particular critical capability, is there an opportunity to cooperate with them? And is, is there this type of symbiotic relationship that we can have? It's very tricky. I mean, I'm the one on this podcast that's saying, wow, I see a lot of pitfalls to this. But maybe there can be, as Cole has seen, some short-term and mid-term benefits that allow you to get better fast on the way to doing something a little bit more permanently longer term without the symbiotic competitor. Yeah, I, Have you ever seen it outside yeah. of this case? Have, has anyone seen it in, in the B2B world maybe? Well, I think um, I, I, when an industry is going through such turmoil as the retail space, you can borrow a lot of lessons from there because there's so much chaos that's where sometimes even though I might be in the oil and gas or in the credit card services, 
I can learn from this because it, you know, there's some, there's some interesting things. I think um, Best Buy did an interesting, they didn't partner with Amazon. Amazon was killing Best Buy as well. But what they did with that wake up call, obviously they got a new CEO. Um, and that CEO did what a lot of smart people do is he just went and worked in the stores and started realizing that, you know, they were, they couldn't blame it all on Amazon. They had a lot of issues that they needed to fix, like discount programs for employees. Um, their search engines were horrible. Um, they had pulled back because they were cutting costs so much trying to stay in the game that they cut back on training. So even just starting to focus on people turned around the fact that employees then weren't sneering at you when you were walking into Best Buy anymore, which made you want to go in maybe over buying on Amazon. And then they had their geek squad, which Amazon doesn't have, right, to fix this stuff. And they turned them into relationship builders. They taught them how to create relationships like a good IT guru as opposed to somebody that kind of fixes it maybe and leaves. So they are taking steps without doing that symbiotic competition, but using the wake-up call to at least clean their own house. And, and they're doing well in their space also. But um, So maybe... maybe- you know, Maybe the answer then is, 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 again, goes back to fundamentals. You've got to ask yourself, what can we do to increase our business, either by making the offer more compelling, by reaching more potential customers, by offering different value-added services, and so on and so on. But ask yourself that question, but don't exclude from the answer set, is there a way that we can learn from, leverage, or even even to an extent cooperate with competitors, in particular, any new competitors or new processes that are happening in the market. You know, what can you what can that do? It might be perceived as an existential threat. But ask yourself the question when you go through the options of how can we improve our offer is saying, is there anything that we can do that that leverages or cooperates or collaborates with uh our biggest competitor. You know, it's an interesting thought experiment, isn't it? It, it really is. Well, I think, you know, as we, the more we talk about this, I do see one analogy in B2B. It's kind of loose, but let's see if you guys agree with this. It's this whole idea in certain industries about open standards. Let's just say, let's take like the smart home um, business or the smart business, the smart security at a, at a business uh, location where there's a lot of... Um, you know, devices that need to interoperate on behalf of the customer. And a lot of the device makers struggle with the idea of, and we've talked about this on earlier podcasts, by the way, should I allow my data to be seen by, you know, other devices so that it can all work together to help the customer? Well, one of those decisions, if you decide that you're going to be a part of an open system, is, all right, well, I've got to cooperate with my competitors so that our devices uh, all kind of, you know, interoperate in this way. And I think that that's one example of a symbiotic or cooperative relationship with a competitor that can oftentimes makes sense because we do see a lot of our clients holding tight to their data, their IP, not wanting to be a part of an open system. 
when in fact, that's what customers are really clamoring for. And that in the end is what wins, what the customer wants. Do you guys see the analogies? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I get that this is a broader area of thinking than, than just the specific case that we've looked at. And that's what makes it, to me, I think, an interesting topic for these podcasts, because we really want people to approach how they think through strategic marketing differently. And I think what you were saying, Tom, is, is exactly that. There are ways to, um, to, to, well, to think differently. And that's the key, isn't it? To, to, to not, not rule things out before you've given them due consideration. I, yeah, I think, well, as I think about some of our, our client situations, I think one of the most awkward situations often is when your company buys the competition and then you have, you have the, the competition in-house. So you're trying to figure out how to coexist with that company that for years you've been saying, oh, you know, they're the worst thing in the world. And now you have to figure out how to have a platform across them and your salespeople need to somehow change the way they think. So that, that probably, you know, we've seen that several times and that probably is one of the harder situations. It's good practice, right? (laughs) First start seeing if you can cooperate with your own acquisition companies as a, as a precursor to maybe this bigger challenge of, 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 of cooperating with a competitor. Um, What, what I was going to say is I think the one big lesson that the, that, that our B2Bs can learn. I'm going to proffer this up, see if you guys uh, agree with this as our one takeaway, is to um, you know, look at your competitive situation a little bit more expansively. Yes, look at what you need to improve on in your own four walls to serve customers better. Yes, if you have the means, look at acquiring um, smaller or medium-sized competitors that can... Um, help you with your value proposition, but also look at, are there opportunities to cooperate with a competitor in a way that at least in the short term will allow you to do things that customers want that you couldn't do otherwise? Is that our big lesson? Yeah, that's good. I love it. I I, I think so. It's that, isn't it? It it just boils down to you've got it. Don't rule anything out because thinking is free. So think through all the opportunities. And then it's a case of saying, you know, is there a way that we can get a mutual benefit with a competitor without harming the competitiveness of the market? Because as I said before, that would be pretty dodgy legal territory. And um, and just spend time thinking that 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 through, you know, open mind. And and maybe you can't. Maybe it's this is a pretty rare event, but it's it it, it might might throw off some interesting opportunities. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear um, your your experiences or your challenges, especially around this topic or any of the topics. Um, go to our accidentalmarketer.com website and you can click on that podcast button. Uh, also on iTunes, we have a podcast page. So we uh, we hope that you have uh, changed your thinking a little bit or broadened your thinking and uh, good luck with your competition. <laughs>